0: Welcome to the Home Medic. You are listening to the segment on fire prevention systems. Welcome to the Home Medic. You're listening to the segment on smoke alarms and fire prevention. Welcome to the Home Medic where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. Heidi Hansen Howdy,
1: howdy, Garth.
0: Howdy, howdy. <laughs> oh, that's just wrong, Heidi. <laughs> My latest thing is aloha. That, well, that always you know, applies. I
1: didn't want to say good morning, just in case somebody's listening to this at midnight. Yeah? Yeah. Of course, I guess if it's 12.01 a.m., it is morning, so right? So
0: let's say that this person listening at midnight is up because his house just burned down.
1: Oh, poor guy. Yeah. Poor woman
0: and he's or she yeah you know, that's a good point she is now in a hotel room listening to this podcast because she's thinking what should i have learned before my house burned down
1: yeah don't don't dwell too much on the past just listen with the thought in mind that when you move into your next home Or your recovered home.
0: You're going to have listened to this podcast first.
1: You're going to keep that home maintained in a way that will hopefully prevent any more disasters.
0: So I've got some stories that will, speaking of disasters, that will help you prevent those sorts of things. Uh, The first one is a story that I have where we actually had burned carpet. I was building a home, and uh, so we were staying with some family for a little while. My daughter was about seven at the time. We were down in the basement. Basements are cooler, so there was a space heater that was a gas flame. Mm,
1: Nice.
0: We were pulling out the laundry, and some of it was a little damp, so she decided she was going to dry off my T-shirt by putting it on this gas flame.
1: Oh, ideal.
0: Ideal. Yeah, it worked out (laughs) very nicely. It did dry out the T-shirt very quickly, and then the T-shirt burst into flames. And then my daughter realized that she was about to cause the house to burn down. So she ran outside. My wife grabbed it. Now it burned her hand. She throws it on the carpet. Now the carpet's burning. Right. Did uh, it
1: actually flame up? I mean, I'm curious. It did. It really? actually flamed really? up. Really?
0: Yeah. And I kind of didn't use that T-shirt anymore.
1: That's exciting. <laughs>
0: So then I had done uh, my in-laws a favor for letting us stay with them for a little while by trying to burn down their basement and destroying their carpet.
1: Wow, you caused some... You made it quite an interesting day.
0: Yeah, moral of that story is, you know, that space heaters generally with flames don't work, especially if you've got seven-year-olds living there. Right. Be cold instead or pick some other source. Right.
1: I say exciting, but I don't mean that in a way that you would want to recreate that, of course.
0: Now, I have another friend, actually. There was a time when I was kind of moonlighting as the home inspector. I had my job in my cubicle and... I had co-workers, one of which found out that I was home inspector. She hired me to go out and take a look at this home. That home was a little older. I'm going to say about 1965. You could actually see this dark streak on the wall underneath the electrical
1: plug. Do you remember when we did a videocast about this? I do. I do. And I remember the story. You didn't know what that was. Yes. But you admitted you didn't know what it was. Right. Which I was so proud of you. I was so proud of you when you told the story that you admitted you didn't know what you were doing. And then I said, So after you left, she hired another home inspector, maybe, to come over. And you Uh, said, She hired an electrician.
0: Uh, yeah, and I I figured that out much later. I mean, that was kind of obvious to me now what was going on, but at the time I couldn't figure it out. I was still the, the Greenhorn home inspector.
1: So dark spots on the wall above the electrical yeah. outlets are not a good sign. Uh,
0: and the bottom line, you know, the, the punchline for this is that the connection was poor and or the circuit was being overloaded, so the wire was getting super hot. And it was trying to burn that house down.
1: So she was really lucky that her house was still there with a brown spot on the wall. Frankly, right?
0: Yeah, and I have to admit, I've proved what an idiot I am a thousand times. So to admit a thousand one, not a big deal. You for almost
1: me. saved her, though. You let her know you didn't know, so she pursued it somewhere else. Yeah. If you would have said, "Oh no," she big did deal. survive.
0: And this might be TMI, but it's a good story. Turns out she was on meth.
1: Oh, now that you never told us before.
0: No, I didn't. That's and new information. I met her about 5 years later and she looked like she was 30 years older. It was wow. sad. She had been gorgeous. Yeah, to say she had a face of meth was an understatement.
1: Well, that is very very sad. It's tragic.
0: S- and then of course she lost the house, etc. So don't do meth and don't overload your electrical wires. We've all heard stories about when you've got grease and oil rags that are piled up inside some can. You put it in the garage. Maybe you're doing your own oil changes on your engine. You wipe up the grease or the oil that is, that is spilled. You put that inside a can. That can spontaneously combust. And then you've got a fire in your garage, and then the house burns down.
1: So what do you do? I'm dealing with that right now. I uh-huh. just got done staining some cabinet doors that I needed to fix. Mm-hmm. And I've got those rags, and I don't know what to do with them. Throw them away. Outside, maybe? Is that safe?
0: What I like to do is lay them out flat. I can put them in the garbage can,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I don't even wad them up there. I just lay them out flat so that the solvents in there can dissipate.
1: Okay, that's good advice.
0: Yeah, the last thing you want to do is try and save that $0.50, cents and then you end up with the $10,000 fix. Right. Or the hundred, or the. 200. Well, I was
1: more just hesitant. I didn't know what the proper way was to dispose of them. I was kind of nervous. Yeah, but I mean, I would be more nervous if it was summer because I'd be thinking the heat would, you know, penetrate the garbage can and. Right.
0: Yeah, those solvents once they volatilize, they're they're less of an issue.
1: Does it matter if it's hot or cold though? Does that have an effect Uh, on it?
0: It actually does. Yeah. Okay. So you've got the garage that can have those sorts of oil rags. Don't store those. Then you can have transmission pathways. Now, what that means, and let's go back to the garage. Let's say that maybe you got that home. You just said that you bought one that was built in 1979. Let's say that coming in, somebody decides they want to hook up maybe a garage door opener. And so in order to do the job well, they don't want to run the screw into the sheetrock. They want to make sure that they run that attachment screw actually into the rafter or the stud. Okay. So, under this scenario, what somebody might do is actually remove sheetrock and then attach that garage door opener directly to the wood.
1: Hmm. Instead what of they just finding did, a, using a stud finder?
0: Yeah, stud finder. Or actually if you just remove sheetrock and you create a hole, you don't need a stud finder. You can just see it and Right. So and that's attach. why they would
1: take the sheetrock out. So
0: and now I would go in there and got, say, Why the heck
1: did you do that? <laughs> like, <right. somebody. laughs> I'm teasing you guys. Yeah,
0: now you've got this maybe a couple of square feet or even one square foot of sheetrock that's gone and a well attached garage door opener, but now you have a transmission pathway mm. where a fire that starts in the garage can now move into the attic and then it moves from the attic into the rest of the house and the house burns down.
1: So there's a legitimate reason why they shouldn't have cut that sheetrock out. They should have gotten a good stud finder and left the sheetrock alone.
0: You got these transmission pathways that I'd have you be aware of and it can and not only be the ceiling it can be the walls. I've done a number of inspections for guys that are firemen and They'll point out how there are fire pathways in a home that not the rest of us would ever think of. So be aware of that sort of thing. If you were a fire, you know, the question is, can you move from point A to point B? Maybe it's from the garage to the attic. I actually saw one home that was up in the mountains where I'd done the whole inspection. And the last thing I did is I got up into the attic and that whole all of the rafters were charred.
1: Wow. There
0: had been a fire up there that they had not disclosed and that they had not repaired. Really? And. (laughs) <laughs> it and didn't burn the house it. down and I you found, found it, it. Yeah. I came down out of the attic and said, Oh by the way, there's been a fire up there. I didn't have the buyer there with me, I had the realtor, and he was less than pleased. He was pretty pissed off.
1: So it <laughs> wasn't his fault, it was the homeowner's train Yeah, to it was the
0: homeowner's <laughs> just
1: keep that under wraps a little bit.
0: Yeah, and those sorts of things can happen because maybe knob and tube wiring, maybe loose connections, maybe you got a fireplace. Who knows what it is, but yeah, you want to have those firewalls, but especially in the garage They require a special kind of sheetrock that is firewall certified. And if that stuff gets cut into, you've destroyed a lot of your protection.
1: Well, it sounds like they got pretty lucky if the cabin was still there and there was a fire in the roof and they managed to somehow get that put out and the place was still standing.
0: Yeah, I don't know how that thing, it had to have burned itself out because nobody's going to fight a fire in the attic. I don't know how you'd even try.
1: Interesting, But it did
0: not burn the house down.
1: What a miracle. Really. I mean, kind of a deceptive miracle, but.
0: Another story I have, I had an inspector that I was training and he comes off of the roof and he says, hey, you need to see this. So up I went and what had happened is there was, uh, you had the chimney, mm-hmm. standard for any home. You had a pine tree, also standard for any home. But then you had one of the pine boughs actually growing down into the chimney flue. <laughs> and it was summer. The tree was green. I guess uh, one of those kinds of trees is always going to be green.
1: I bet the chipmunks loved that running off that uh, branch. I bet and they did and the chimney raccoons. And, and, and yeah. You uh.
0: But where that pine bough was going down into the chimney flue, it was brown.
1: Oh, boy. It, it was
0: trying to burn.
1: Oh, boy. And you
0: know as well as I do that as soon as that starts to burn, the rest of the tree burns, and then the house burns, and...
1: The branch s- to the tree to the tree to the house.
0: The Moral of that story is keep your tree branches away from your... Anything that's hot, you know, your flues or exhausts, anything like that. And especially, you know, if you've got heavy combustibles like one of those trees, Uh, Keep those away from the house as well. Let's say little Johnny decides that he wants to build a campfire underneath this tree. You know, you don't want the fire going the other way either.
1: Right. Yeah. Last year, after you mentioned this kind of thing, I went and pruned my tree so thoroughly that I didn't have any more branches going over the roof.
0: You do get a gold star. Gold
1: star for Heidi.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking uh, what's cooler than a gold star is it a a platinum star hey
1: well yeah a platinum star you know with a diamond on top or something how about
0: we just give you a mansion
1: uh, that that I would take. I would actually give up the platinum star to have a mansion, believe it or not. <laughs> all
0: right. Let's 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 make you master of your mansion, Heidi. Uh, we're going to put this in the middle of the forest, but you are perfectly protected because you have trimmed the pine trees away from your and home. Maybe
1: it's a platinum mansion. How about that? Okay, so Ooh, wouldn't that so be... this
0: place is not going to burn down. Wouldn't
1: that be awesome? And
0: you're so well protected because you've got ionization alarms, you got photoelectric. They're all interconnected. And uh, and since
1: you gave it to me, I'll actually invite you up there, and maybe even have you and Julie come over for dinner.
0: Bonus. <laughs> you, the listener, are now master of your own mansion. This way, you can keep it from turning into ashes on the ground, and if you want to turn it into platinum, Heidi knows yeah, how to do it. Call me. And finally, be yourself. Everybody else is taken, and only Heidi gets a platinum mansion.
1: This is Julie with your natural solutions tip for the day. Today, we are going to talk about seasonal threats and how you can take care of them naturally. Oh, so many of us suffer from that, Julie, especially in the spring and the fall. If we're gardening or we're hiking, our little secret for essential oils is lemon, lavender, and peppermint. I love lemon, lavender, and peppermint because it promotes clear breathing and healthy respiratory functions. It also has a calming and balancing effect and is very cleansing to the body systems. If you'd like to know more about lemon, lavender, or peppermint, go ahead and contact us at natural solutions at homemedicworld.com.